Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in session. Today's prayer, I I, want to look at this and I'm having a little bit of difficulty because I said last week I, I don't really like confrontation. I don't like that necessarily and I think I'm afraid, I'm concerned that the word today might be a little bit strong and so I'm going to smile really big so that everyone, it's pal- more palatable. Does that sound okay? I, I, I don't want to apologize for the word. I think it is absolute, but I apologize and I, I hope that no one catches an offense uh, like I did when God was sharing it with me. Because he began to, to kind of, you know, talk to me a little bit. And so this week I want to warn you, this, this prayer you're probably not going to like. This prayer, you're probably not going to be like, yeah, I love this. You might even refuse to pray this kind of prayer this week. It's not a common prayer and it's not an easy prayer. It's not a prayer that's going to make you feel safe or necessarily feel good. And I also say it this way, this prayer doesn't always, maybe it doesn't even seem consistent with what we know. God is a good God. He's awesome. He's mighty all of the time. And at a first glance, it might feel like this is opposite. But in truth, I believe it is very much right on with, with that very message that God's good. Because when we grow and we deepen and we understand who he is and, and better understand who we are in him and all of the attributes of him in us, and as we activate in them, I think we become blessed beyond measure and so it's in that idea that we look at this today. This isn't one of those easy prayers like, bless me, Lord, give me a good, you know, Lord, give me a good parking lot spot. Make it so I don't have to walk too much, especially it's minus 30 below. You know, those kind of prayers. They're okay. Pray those prayers. I believe in the, in the favor of the Lord. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely believe that. And those are okay prayers, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about dangerous prayers. I'm talking about bold prayers, bold enough to stand firm. And, and, and this wouldn't be that one of those safe prayers. This is going to be a very difficult prayer. You ready for that? Everybody ready? We have enough courage for that today. Amen. All right, we better pray. Father, we love you. And God, we praise you. And we welcome your presence here, whether it's in person or Father, we know your presence can move online as well. As we dig into your word, as we hear your word today, Father, I I pray that my words would be your words, nothing more, nothing less. Father, I just ask you that by the power of the Holy Spirit that we reveal truths. I don't want to be the same. I want to be changed and transformed by you. And I believe that those watching and listening today are in fact feeling and wanting the same exact thing. So Father, have your way. Do your thing. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, grow us today. As we get into your word, as we look at this bold prayer, as we continue to pray bold prayers. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Okay, here we go. Here's the bold prayer. You ready? God, 
break my heart. God, break my heart. Now, I know this is like, you're like, what, Pat, Pat, what's going on, Pastor? Because I don't believe God brings horrendous things against us, but I believe that there is a time in our lives, and I think that if we were to look back at our state of our nation, our world, we could see that, man, 2020, 2021 has broken us of our comfort levels. It's kind of shaken a little bit of our the apathy of going through life, just going through the routines. The routines, the routines have totally been changed. And as we see this and we experience this, we don't like it, but at the same time, I'm thinking that, that God is... It, it would, would shift and shake, and it might be a great thing. I'm not saying that the pandemic is a God thing. I'm saying that God will take what the enemy meant for evil and can turn it for good if we allow to turn to Him in the midst of trials and challenges and circumstances. I'm also not saying that God's not about the pandemic. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But all I am saying is that no matter the circumstance, no matter good or bad, there is always a king that's always on the throne. He loves us and he's always leading and he's also always guiding and he's always got your back. Amen? And so we can be firm in that and it's in that understanding that as we begin to pray a very bold prayer. Now, this, there's a lot of warnings on this prayer. A lot of warning labels. Beep, beep, beep. Because when you pray this kind of prayer, when you pray, God, break my heart, what we're saying is, I'm tr- I'm, I, I guarantee you, God will answer that prayer. In fact, you'll become burdened. You'll become grieved. You'll have a heartache for the very things. What are we saying? God, I want a heartache for the very things that you ache and heart and desire in this world, in my life, and those that I come in contact with. And that's really what we're saying. We're saying, God, I want to I wanna hurt and I want to understand. I, I don't like hurt in far as pain. But God, I need to know what you know. I need to know what you want us to do. God, it's, it's, I need to know what is to do, what I'm to do, what I'm to do or not to do. God, break my heart. Break my routines. Break my, my monotony. Break my own expectations that I might just come with an expectation that you are going to move and do the way you do and it needs to be you and you alone. Kind of break my heart. Are you hearing the heart today? You understand that if we, if we don't pray these kinds of prayers, Psalm says, God, search my heart know my, and, and know anything in me. Just break my heart. God, don't let me break my heart. Now, I want to tell you this or remind you this, that a heart often is... is Known in scripture as a soul, a selfish realm. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful. And so what I'm saying is I'm I'm saying we break the the travesty of the soul that's trying to lead in the flesh that's trying to lead us and saying, God, break that off of me. I want to leap. I want to live by the spirit of God. Break my heart of these kinds of things. It's a really, really bold prayer. It's dangerous. Because you'll begin to really have a passion like you've never had before. And I believe that if we pray these kind of prayers, we're going to face resistance. Everyone loves resistance, right? We might face opposition and, and we certainly could face criticism. And maybe there's some criticism happening in this moment and in this time. And I think it, if we pray these kinds of prayers, we might even face some persecution. 
But I believe without a shadow of a doubt that you will be blessed as your heart breaks for the things of God. God will, it, God will bless you beyond measure. I promise you that. And you'll begin to have a passion, a real zeal for life because now you're living a life for God instead of ourselves. We're never pleased with ourselves. We think we are. How many like comfort? All right. I like comfort. In fact, I like comfort so much, I have my own lazy boy chair at home. It's nice. It's comfy, man. The handle, feet pop up. I like comfort. I enjoy comfort. I enjoy just kick, you know, I have our couch, it's old and it's worrying. It's, we call it, we we lovingly call it the life-sucking couch because you sit on it and you're just like, oh, yeah. I like comfort. I like cozy. I like to, you know, especially when we're cold in this kind of time, I like to bring the heater up just a little more because I want to be comfortable and cozy. We enjoy cozy. We, we enjoy these things. But I never look at comfort and see comfort is something that causes me to spring to action. When I'm comfortable. It causes me to relax, kick back. But I wonder if I'm in my, if I'm in my lazy boy, I'm not like, man, I'm going to go change the world. No, I'm like, oh man, this is good. And so what I'm asking, what I'm proposing, what God I believe is saying today is that we have to be careful that comfort doesn't rule to the point that we, we begin to walk in comfort, seeking comfort, seeking and, and looking for all of the comfortable things. And, and the reality is the more comfortable we become, the more complacent we become. And in fact, we'll come to a place where we are, this is where depression and this is where challenges and, and things we begin to second look because now we're not on our best game. We're not living the best life that God has. Now we're living in a life of comfort and the flesh is fading and it's fleeting and it's trying, it's, it's never comfortable enough. And we find ourselves in a place where not only are we not activated, but we're really not feeling fantastic. Maybe I'm the only one, but I just know that when I'm comfortable, I don't really have a great passion to do something life-changing. When I'm comfortable, and so what I'm saying is that, we're gonna, God, break my heart, break that routine, break that thing off of me. Not that comfort is bad, praise God for His rest and His opportunity to, to do that, but let that not be our stagnant self. Let that be a moment, not our lifetime. Are you hearing me today? As I know it's a hard word. I know it's crazy. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Jeremiah. We're going to look at Jeremiah because we're going to get some context on this. And that way I'll stop talking a little bit and read the word. And you won't be so angry with me. Somebody say, I love you, Pastor. Oh, good. Thank you. Whew. I just wanted to remind you. <laughs> In Jeremiah chapter 8, we're going to look at a couple of scriptures in there in just a moment. But I just want to, as you turn in there, give you some context. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, this particular context is written, it is about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet. He wasn't a bulldog. I, was, I knew somebody was thinking that. Jeremiah was a prophet and a priest. <laughs> uh, sorry, on the... E campus. 
a great crowd today. <laughs> Jeremiah was a prophet. In fact, he was a prophet and a priest. And a lot of theologians give him a nickname called the Weeping Prophet. Now, you know, I'm thinking if, if you know, I'm trying to be a man's man, I don't really want that nickname. The Weeping Prophet. But he has this thing, and, and, but Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah is, man, he's a mighty man of God. He finds himself in a place where his people, the people that he's serving and, and honoring and, and all of this, he finds it a place where his people are just flat out rebelling against God. He finds himself in a place where the nation has completely turned their eyes away from God, just living on their own, whatever they want to do, no problem, just rampant injustices, ridiculous things, horrendous things are happening. They're just totally abandoning the things of God, abusing widows, doing crazy things, uh, abusing the poor, taking advantage of poor, sacrificing children, killing babies to false, go false gods. All of this ridiculous kind of things. And, and Jeremiah, Jeremiah's heart is completely broken as he sees this nation. And he's, 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 he's in this place. We find it in Jeremiah chapter 8. We'll look at verse 18. And he's kind of just fed up. And he's lamenting to the Lord on this whole thing. And in verse 18 he says, My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and I am overcome with grief. Jeremiah, you can see the, the, the angst, the challenge. I'm overwhelmed here, God. God, my heart is broken. I have a passion for your people and your people do not seem to care about who you are or serving you. And he's just in, it says he just overcome with grief. Now, I will say this, Jeremiah knew what to do. Jeremiah, though he maybe had the nickname Weeping Prophet, he was a pretty powerful preacher. If you wanted to hear a fiery brimstone kind of message, he was the guy. You read through Jeremiah, uh-huh, man, he was harsh. You thought, you know, thought everyone, so you get a hard word here, uh-uh. This, I mean, he would just bring down fire, man. It was just like... And amazing. I, I think it's interesting because a lot of the scriptures that we, we like to use, like, for I know the plans that I have for you, that was written by Jeremiah, but that's encapsulated into a real harsh <laughs> sermon about following after the Father. He knew what to do. He began, he knew to speak. He knew how to pray. Jeremiah was a prayer, man. And he knew how to fast. He used all of these tools. He was interested in that. And some would say he could even get threatening in his preaching time. Anyone ever watch one of those preachers? You're like, man, I don't know. If that, you know, I'm like, if they weren't smiling, I think everybody hated me kind of preaching. He was angst. He was challenged. And it says, he says, my, my grief is unbearable. My heart is broken. He had a heart for the people of God. He wanted them to turn. He wasn't just angry for angry, angry sake. He had a holy anger. A desire to see the nation in which God had called, purposed, already named as his very own. Why weren't they serving God the way they, want, they were supposed to serve him? And he began so unbearable. And our question today would be this. 
Do we want that angst? Do we have that kind of angst? Are we bold enough to want that kind of heart? God, break my heart. Now, let me be clear. This isn't, this isn't one of a, a kind of thing where a, a prayer isn't asking God to give us like a, just a particular interest, hobby kind of a God thing. Those are all good. Like, for instance, uh, oh, you know, like I've heard, oh, it breaks my heart. You know, I saw, I saw a commercial and these animals were being abused and, 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 and I, I gave $3. I went down to the rescue mission and or the rescue humane society and I got me a dog. Praise God for that dog, right? That's good news. But that's not the kind of angst and not what I'm talking about. Those are keep keep rescuing dogs. Don't abuse dogs. Don't get me wrong here. But understand, I'm not I'm not saying we need a cause. We need a broken heart for the things that God is broken for. And if you're saying to me, and you might be, God doesn't have a broken heart. What are you talking about? John chapter 3, verse 16 is a beautiful example of a broken heart that God had. He said, for God, God loved the world. He was so heartbroken over the world and its place and where it was and where he wanted it to be. God so loved the world that he gave his son. He had a broken heart for his world because he wanted his world to have relationship with him. Do you see that? I'm not saying that we're asking, you know, to be depressed or challenged. I'm saying, God, use me. Search me. I don't want to do the same old, same old. We're not even happy with the same old, same old. We think we want that until we have that, and then we're bored. And then when we're bored, we get in trouble. When I'm bored, I get in trouble. I go into the pantry, and I find all kinds of things I shouldn't be eating. I don't know where they, how they appear, but they appear and they're like, eat me. When we're bored, we can do really, we make really bad decisions. And all I'm saying is, God, break my heart. I want to, I want to have a passion and, and an angst and a, a yearning to do the things that you want. I want God. I want your heart to break. I want my heart to break for what breaks your heart. Are you hearing me today? Not to just go same old, same old. None of us want that. We want the things of God. What if God broke our heart for the things that broke his heart? Sprung us to action. When we say breaking our heart, we're saying, God, you're going you're gonna to reveal to us the very thing that you desire. I want to be activated in the things of, of you. It snaps us out of our self-pursuit. When we pray a prayer like this, no longer are we so self-consuming. You know, I, can I say this? I'm going <laughs> to. God wants to bless us, and he does. He blesses us beyond measure. But he doesn't bless us just so we can be a consumer. He doesn't bless us just so we can sit and say, man, I'm so thankful, man, I'm we should be thankful all of the time. But God blesses us so that we can be a connector and that we can take this consumption of the blessing and we can begin to share the gospel. We can begin to contribute 
to the kingdom of God. That was a good place so someone could say amen. Because we can get so fat on his blessings, and I'm not saying God doesn't want to give you the desires of your heart. But the desires to show his love and his proof to show that you can say, man, this God, I don't have to worry about nothing. Now I'm going to activate and I'm going to go do his will. I don't have to worry about my own self. He's got my back. He's got me taken care of. He's blessed me beyond measure. Now I'm going to take that and I'm going to go fight for the kingdom. I'm going to advance the kingdom. I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Why? Because he's blessed me so much. I don't have to worry about my needs for my needs are met according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Now I can just go. Do you understand? That's why we're so blessed. So that we are hard is hungry for the things that is hungry for God's heart. Break my heart, God. I want to see what you see. I want to do this. We can see this all through Scripture. Moses is a great example of someone that was heartbroken. Even as a young kid, he would look out as he grew up um, in royalty. And he watched his fellow Jewish people get abused. And, and finally, he, uh, you know, he took kind of things in his own hands, and that was a bad thing. And so he's off, but he had this angst. And the same man that had this challenge, like, God, this is not right, this is an injustice, and all these things came back, and he became so bold as he prayed this powerful prayer, as he had heart broken for the people of Israel. It was so powerful. He was so strong and so bold that he went, finally went the whole, in front of Pharaoh and said, let my people go. You remember that? How about David? David is just minding his own business and he shows up and dad says, hey, I need you to go give some lunch to your brothers as they're on the battlefield. And he goes to the battlefield and he's going and he's like, and, and he suddenly he sees that the battle is at a standstill and not only is it a standstill, but this giant, this Philistine, this this unholy man is threatening and making fun of his God. And he has this holy anger. He's like, who does this guy think he is? His heart is broken. He sees an injustice and he says, no, 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 no. You come against me, no way. You don't come against my God. And he slays that giant. How did he slay that giant? Because he was comfortable? Or because he was broken to say, no, this is wrong. I want to remind you that we all have little Davids in us. God has called and equipped us to rise up and beat that giant, whatever it is in our life. And David said, yeah, that's a big guy, but he's so big I can't miss him. Why? It wasn't because it was his own doing. He did it with a sling and a, and a stone. I'm sorry, but that's not possible without God. But God said, I need someone that's, that dares to pray a bold prayer. Could be broken. God, break me. See the injustices and speak against it. Begin to go to battle for the things of God. And you can see they were successful. When we begin to do 
what God's heart desires, he will always equip and he will always be with us. He will always help us. It will succeed because it's God's heart. David was promoted, of course, and amazing things happened. There's another story of Nehemiah. I don't know if you've read Nehemiah, pretty cool story if you ever read through this, but he, he had kind of a comfy job. Comfy, he lived in a comfy palace. I'm going to say it was a comfy job. He did have a little bit of a dangerous job if it was a bad day because his job was to, to drink the wine to make sure it wasn't poisoned for, before the king ate it. But other than that, most of the days it was good because there was no poison, so he was good. But it also says that he grew up in, in real comfort and, and had all of the things that he needed. He was taken care of. But he gets some tragic news from home. Because he wasn't from this land. But, but he heard tragic news that Jericho, the walls of Jericho were broken down. They still hadn't been rebuilt. And his people, the people of God, were vulnerable. And so Nehemiah breaks down. His heart is broken. And he cries and he prays. And at risk of his own life, he goes to the king that opposes this in the natural. And he goes to the king and says, King, I need to go and I need to rebuild this city. I need to protect the families of God. Now, two things. That was really odd for the king because he shouldn't have cared. The second thing is that Nehemiah wasn't a builder nor a construction worker. He was like me. He couldn't, you know, the only thing he could hit was his fingernail with a hammer. But yet he had an angst. The heart was broken. He said, man, I need to go. I need to fight for the families of God. His heart was broken. Time and time again when we see Scripture and we see people doing extraordinary things like man and i know all of us read this like man i want that man i want that i i, I want to be that i want to be that david i want to be that moses i want to be that nehemiah and and the truth of the matter is god's no respecter of persons he has equipped you and called you to do these very extraordinary things extraordinary things that he's called us for but we need to understand that in order for them to accomplish these things, they couldn't do it in their own power. They had to do it in the power of God. And it was because God had broken their heart to see the injustice, to stand up and say, I'm not going to live comfortable anymore. I want to fight for you, Father. I want to dig in and I want to do this today. So I know it's quiet today, but I'm going to dare you. I'm going to even double dog dare you. Yeah, I went there. They'd be willing to pray this kind of prayer. Because I know when we're all alone and we're looking at life and we're contemplating all that we are, and I know that there is a, a, a feeling of, God, I just want to do what you've called me to do. There's desire on the inside of us. God has created that in us. He wants us to be shaken. He, he, he wants to shake up so that we're not just comfortable, that we're, we rest in Him and we enjoy His presence and we have His peace, but we can have His peace and still be mighty warriors. And that's what He calls us to be. We came off of a series just a few weeks back, Overcomers. 
And the reason He calls us overcomers is so we can overcome. That means that we are to go to battle for where God assigns the battle. Don't pick your own battle. That's why we had to go pray the first prayer, God speak to me. Hear His word. Hear His heart. And as He begins to share His heart, your heart breaks and you have a passion like you never had before. An angst to say, God, I want to accomplish what you've called and desired. I have a phrase. Go ahead and hit that next. Uh, it's better a heartache to heartache with a purpose than to exist without one. It's better to have a heartache with purpose, a striving, than to just live a life. The Bible says, without vision, we what? Without vision, people cast off what? It's better to have a passion to exist without one. Because if you don't have one, we find ourselves in a place like much of Scripture where God had to bring the people back. I know this is not a warm and fuzzy. In the first glance, it doesn't seem warm and fuzzy, but I can guarantee you, you want to feel blessed and fulfilled and, leg and have legacy and all of those kind of things. When you begin to pray, God, I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to be who you've called me to be. I want to do the things that you've equipped for me to do. The tools that you've given me, I know they're for purpose and they're for reason. And we'll begin to use those I'm telling you, he blesses his kids who bless his kids. Period. So if you find yourself in a place where you're like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not feeling, I'm not hearing, I'm not seeing, I'm not, I don't have that kind of drive like you have to the things of God, look back and say, oh, we've gotten, have we gotten comfortable? Because sometimes we'll find ourselves in a place, and I'll just point all the other fingers to me so that no one here... Is, I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking. But we get so comfortable and start thinking, man, I'm a pastor. And we start to think that we have all of these accolades. And God's like, yeah, you're, got, you're a pastor. That's fantastic. But how have you changed the kingdom for me yesterday? How are you plan on changing and connecting others with Christ tomorrow? Paul is a great example of this. Paul was, the, uh, Philippians chapter 3 talks about Paul. He kind of describes his life and says, listen guys. He goes, I was the man. That's my translation. He says, I, I, was, I, I did all of the things. I, I was, you know, I was serving God, I was doing it entirely wrong, but I was serving God. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was, I'm a people of Israel. I'm even from the tribe of Benjamin. I am the Hebrew. He says, I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. He goes, I followed every law, every, all 613 of those suckers. Man, I got it nailed. That was my little dad. Now all my kids that are watching are like, Dad, No. All 613 laws flawless. And he says in verse 8, he says, I count it all as a loss. 
Because religion wasn't the answer, the relationship was the answer. And God got a hold of his heart, broke his heart to see the injustices that he himself were performing. God broke his heart. He said, God, no. He said, I found, when he found Christ, he said, I consider it all a loss. In IV says rubbish. Now, this is a cool Greek word. If you want some fun Greek words, this is the Greek word. This loss is scubalon. Loss is scubalon. Now, I know we have some kids in here, and that's all fine, but any of you that are adults but act like kids, just hold on a minute, because I'm going to give you the definition. and I don't want to hear a bunch of snickering. Scutalon, I counted all loss. You know what it means? Dung. Manure. Poo-poo. Scubalon. Scubalon. I don't know how you remember it. But Paul says, I just consider it all waste. Potty. Poo-poo. It's all... Every time I say, you know they're listening. Do you understand his heart? He's seeing this. And in Romans chapter 9, he says this. As he's he's beginning to just share his heart, he says, with Christ as my witness. Paul says this, Romans chapter 9, verse 1 and 3. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and and the Holy Spirit confirms it. Verse 2, my heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief. For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut from Christ, if that would save them. Do you hear what he said? I would rather serve, I would rather live in a hell for eternity than have know that someone doesn't know Jesus. We talk about a broken heart for the things of God. Praise God, his grace and his mercy that takes care of he, he sees the heart of Paul. And I believe Paul has got a fantastic mansion in heaven. But it was because his heart was broken. He said, I don't, I count it all loss, man. I don't care about those kinds of things. Why should I? They're temporal. They're fading away. They're all just dung. He had a heart broken for God, for the things of God. Because of that heart, we're able to preach and we're able to have a a relationship with Christ. We understand and know it because he wrote about it. He, he, He prayed with people, seen them recover from from sicknesses and diseases. It was through that broken heart that he began to lead people by the droves to the Father. We get to talk about him today. We get to to analyze and look at him today. What a desire. What a desire he had. His heart was broken, you see? 
it was it, it was it's this truth. I don't just share my testimony a little bit is that that is the truth of God's word for me. When I felt like God would call me to be a pastor. He didn't call me to pastor to be up here. But I begin to hurt. I begin to see the injustices of people that were living lives outside of who God says they are. It drove me crazy. I would get angered. Why are they lying? Why are they listening to the lies of the enemy? Why are they allowing themselves to live in the counterfeit? Devil, you are a punk. I get mad. To this day, the reason I pastor is so I could, if someone, just one could see Jesus, the love of Christ, the love that says, I want a relationship with you desperately. I've given you a new identity. It's mine. It's you. We are in a relationship of love. To see over and over again. Now, many times I think this. God will often give you a vision or break your heart for the things that probably you've experienced in the past. I knew what it felt like to feel like I had no identity, no worth, no wealth. And I realized that was a lie. And my heart began to break and I began to say, God, I don't want anyone else to experience and feel the way I felt when I didn't think I had relationship with you. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I have to do. But my heart is so that people know that Jesus loves them. That's why I do it. Because it's not always easy. And I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I just want you to understand it's not always easy. I promise you I work more than Sunday mornings. I promise you that I sit... Hours and hours praying and and seeking God on your behalf. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I love what God allows me to do. But I do it because my heart was broken for the injustices of people walking around. People that had received Christ but not living to the standard. Not because they didn't want to. Because they were so blinded. The enemy had them so burdened and so binded up with his lies. No, it's not going to happen anymore. If there's just one person that I can touch, if I can share a word, I'm going to do it so that they might know him how I know him, that he loves me even though I'm not worth it. He said, yes, you are. I'm not trying to brag of myself. I'm, not trying, I'm just sharing a testimony. I'm trying to share a story only to understand this. Listen, God's going to break your heart for the things that breaks his heart. But again, I said, this is the greatest job. And it's hard to even call it a job because when you're in the will of God and you're doing what God wants, even when it's 30 below, you're still praising God. I'm the most fulfilled in anything that I've ever accomplished than when I get to do what I get to do. I count it a blessing and an honor. But it doesn't come without costs. Are you hearing me today? God, break my heart.
for the things that break your heart. God, I thank you that I burdened for the things that burdens you. That's what we're really praying. It's a bold prayer. It's a dangerous prayer because he's going to answer the prayer. I'm a testimony to that. But I'm the best version of me when I'm following the things of God. I'm the most fulfilled. And he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't have it just for me. He has it for every one of you. He doesn't have to be a pastor, but we all have an opportunity to share good news. God has called each one of us. The reason he equips us and calls us and anoints us, the reason why he deposits Holy Spirit in us is so that we can use the tools that God has. Not so we can brag about our tool belt and how full it is, but to get the tools out and wear them out the best we can. And guess what? We'll never wear them out. But we can sure try. Because his mercies are new every morning. His grace is sufficient for me. God, break my heart for the things that break your heart. Lead me in the way that you would have me to go. I'm going to close with this final story, this final thought, this final realization that Jesus himself came. And if you're like, I don't buy it, I'm not a Moses, I'm not a David, I'm not a Nehemiah. If you're a believer, you're a Christ-like person. Jesus sat in the Garden of Gethsemane praying so brokenhearted that the Bible says that sweat, he would, with like blood drops coming out of his pores with such angst, his heart was so broken. In fact, he said, God, if you could take this cup from me, but Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And he went to the cross for us so we could be here today, so we could celebrate and praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords, knowing that we have relationship, we have eternal life promised when we receive Christ. We have a life more abundant here on earth as it is in heaven, all of these kinds of things, but it was because somebody's heart was broken enough to pray the bold prayer We're to be Christ-like. We're to, to fashion our lives after those of Christ. When he talks about husband and wife, the husband loved the church as I've loved the church. What does that mean? He gave up his life for the church. Our hearts should be broken for those things of God today. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads. We're going to stop there because this is a lot. I don't want us to leave scared or somber or worried. I want us to leave encouraged because the truth of the matter is, listen, God will bless you beyond measure when you activate yourself in Him and you're walking in the perfect will that He has for you. He's going to take care of your everything. He's already deposited peace and joy and love and long-suffering and gentleness and patience and, and all of these gifts. He's already given it to you. And listen, as you begin to activate it and walk into it, man, it's going to be so joyful, you're not going to have opportunity to contain 
But it comes with price, and that price is to say, I'm going to lay down my own selfish thoughts, needs, wants. Break my heart for the things that break your heart. Let me care for the things that you care about. I don't want to just walk it with my head in the sound and pretend like things are better. No. I want to know your heart. I want to be, I want to make a real difference. I want to know that your, your kingdom is being advanced. And the only way I know is if I'm activated in it, if I do what you've called me to do. I pray that over us. In Jesus' name. This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www.wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.